You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about scaling your business, how to know when the time is right, what strategies to use, and how to go big. That's up in a bit, but first, it's our success interview. Today, we are talking with the founder and president of Inspired Media Communications, Diane Dennis. Diane creates memorable brands along with media messaging that makes an impression while educating your customers about your products and services. Especially for startup companies and solopreneurs, media exposure can seem out of reach. But Diane believes that with the right focus, any business can benefit from great positive media. I'm excited to learn more about her business, how she got started, and how we can learn to use media in a more effective way. Welcome, Diane. Thank you so much. I'm just honored to be on your show. It's going to be a fun conversation. And I'd love to start with asking each of our guests if they could share a little bit about their business, how they started, and how it's evolved over time. Yes, absolutely. Well, um, many of us go through a lot of career transitions, and I was at that place where I started to um, grow out of my first career and wanted to expand my knowledge and learn some new skills and put it to use and monetize it. So um, before I did all that, I started writing a column for a newspaper, and that's how it all started. I started writing for a newspaper, and then I was asked to be on TV to talk about the columns that I was writing about, and then I hosted and produced a radio show. And suddenly, this thing that started really small had turned into something, but it wasn't monetized. So I went back to school, got some training, and uh, I realized that everything that I was doing, I was perfectly skilled at being a publicist for others. In other words, help others do what I did for myself by just starting out with something and then um, leveraging it and getting in the media and then um, becoming going from an expert to an influencer. And just that model right there is what I've been using for the last 14 years for my clients, along with other new strategies uh, that have come up due to all of the wonderful software programs that we have uh, for social media. That's fascinating, and I love that 
you were doing something you really enjoyed, but you realized that you weren't monetizing it. So you got into action to figure out how to do that. And I love that you moved along the, the line from being an expert to being an influencer. So let me ask you, when, when someone, because people want exposure for their business, they want to get out in the public, they want people to know who they are, they want to get that media exposure. How do people start and how do they know they're even ready for it, that exposure? Oh, well, that's a really good question. So um, if they want to be in, I say train, get training because when I I took everything that I did very seriously. It was my business. It was my name and my brand and my reputation. So before I was going uh, to get invited to be on TV, I knew that's what I wanted. And actually, I was the one who sent the press pitch. I didn't just get that phone call. That's kind of a myth that people just get the phone call. You have to make <laughs> it happen. At least that's my experience. So mm-hmm. I um, actually hired a, a person who was well um, trained in video, and I had him come uh, to my office, and he videotaped me um, talking as if I was in an interview. And I looked back at it, and then I realized, wow, we have some work to do. So um, I, and early on, I realized that the energy that you put out in media um, needs to be heightened, heightened um, energetic uh, ex- uh, expressions, both in your voice inflections and your mannerisms, and then TV will exaggerate things as well. So I learned not to, you know, flail my arms around in excitement. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I just practiced, practiced, practiced. And then when I was going, to, before I was going to be on radio, I literally videotaped my voice and changed the octave to a more pleasant um, that, uh, octave that resonated over the airwaves better. And so I... Now I teach other people through my media training, so I was just you know randomly finding people that could help me. Um, so it's really important before because it's a first impression, and and to be a regular like on a TV spot, which is just golden. You want that first interview to be so great that they're going to ask you back, or if you pitch them again, they're going to say yes because they remember mm-hmm. the first. They won't forget the first interview. That's um, that's really interesting. I, I I know that you hear people and people say they're a speaker. They say that they've done a lot of interviews. They say that they've had a lot of experience. But when you start to interview them and you have conversations, you realize that they're not ready. So how do you tell someone that they need some more help, that they're not where they where they really need to be to have that best first impression. Yeah, great question. So first I ask the question, have you ever if it's let's let's just talk about TV cuz you know, we could talk about radio and all and mm-hmm. the other media outlets but for TV say I start by saying, have you been in a TV interview before? Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's no. Well, they need training then. That's kind of right. So, mm-hmm. so that's where we start. And then um, I, I ask the question, and it's a very serious question where I'm looking for the response, uh, not just listening to what they say, but really hearing what they mean behind what they say. I say, do you want to be 
on television because people say, oh, I think I should. And if they don't want to, that's going to show up. Their energy is going to be, you know, constricted. And then a lot of the average person, I would say, has a problem getting out of their own way. And so I do some, you know, it's kind of like my pep talk is this isn't about you. Do not focus on what you look like or what other people will think about you. This is about you serving the audience. You have something to offer. You are, Mm -hmm. you know, you're serving. So this isn't about you. The minute I say that, there's a shift in there. They go from fear to being empowered. And so you really need those uh, qualities to be able to deliver your message, and that's what it's all about. I love that you say that, and it's a really powerful point. I've done some uh, TV interviews for a local um, TV station when I was a managing director, and I had never done live TV before, but I really went in that knowing I had information to share about the Women Network and about our chapter and about some things going on, and the way I was able to do that and the way I was able to be in front of the room as a managing director and to be able to talk in front of groups was to take it away from focusing on me and really focusing on the message and the impact that it's going to have because it isn't about it isn't about me. It's about the difference I'm going to make, about the people I'm going to reach. And that does make a big difference on how you come across. Yes, and you also said something in there that is another really, really important piece. I'm glad you brought that, said it the way you did. Um, you obviously have passion behind what you were going to be talking about. That is so important that if you're going to be delivering your message, it's your business, it's your brand, you have to love it. If you don't, that's going to show too. That's a great point to, to remind people. And that, So how do you get people when they're talking to be able to be more concise in what they're sharing. I've learned from doing so many radio interviews that you need to have fewer words but bigger impact. Yes. So a lot of that is voice inflection, and and I, I can tell you that when I learned this about Frank Sinatra, I got this light bulb moment that, that made me realize how important this is phrasing when he before he would record a song he would sing, he would sing each line with a different emphasis on the each different a different word each time and see which one had the most emotional impact so that's what you're trying to do is give an emotional impact that's did i answer your question tip. okay absolutely and that's a great um that's a tip I may borrow when I'm putting together a message to see how does it how does it resonate. Yes, and the other piece of it is what I've found. This is a great takeaway for your audience. People have a tendency to be a little too general. They use words that everyone else is using. So whatever's going on, whatever whatever is popular right now. You know, we on my Facebook. Um, page is full of coaches, but they're all giving the same message, how to improve your life, how to love yourself, how to, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we need to look for those words, terms, and language that are authentic, of course, and also mm-hmm. are unique. 
that will, because even producers, if you send a press pitch to a TV show and you're saying the same thing 50 other people have sent them, it's just their eyes will glaze over. You won't stand out and above. So what we need to do is drill down deep and really go for the gold messaging that is unique to you that's different and stands out and above. That's an excellent reminder. It reminds me of a time when I was learning something new and I really focused on memorizing the language and trying to get it exactly the way the person who taught me said it. And I wasn't getting the results that I thought I should get. And what I realized was I was using her language not my language. So you can have a very, the message can be the same, but I had to use words that were authentic to me in a way that I really was passionate about it and it felt like it was coming from me. So that, that is a good reminder that it's got to be your words. You've really got to make it feel like it's your voice. And there's ways you can do that. Yes, and even Oprah admitted that she made that mistake in the beginning. She said she was trying to sound like Barbara Walters in mm. the beginning. And until she stopped doing that, she wasn't being her authentic self. And she said it was horrible. The minute she stepped into Oprah and got rid of Barbara Walters as her avatar, that, mm -hmm. you know, everything changed. So what would you tell someone would be the first thing that they need to do to be able to step into um, getting more publicity and getting more exposure. They know they want it. They know they need some training. But how do they figure out what kind of messages that they should think about sharing or what kind of information would be valuable? Well, I think that the people that people that are most passionate about what they're doing, it will be easier for them to come up with um, messaging. Um, but oftentimes it takes an expert because what you, what's in your, what's in our head, so there are different languages. What's in our head is a language. Then putting it to pa paper requires a different set of language skills and writing skills. And then mm -hmm. putting it to a TV uh, in a t to a TV audience requires a different set of language skills with the way that you speak and deliver, and radio as well. So all of those things I had developed before I started my PR business because I did it for my, I was doing it anyway, and my, mm -hmm. one of my biggest skills, best skills is writing. So, um, and then I was pitched by producers and uh, editors uh, and publicists to write about uh, or interview their clients. So I got to see what compelled me to want to pick up the phone and call them as opposed to someone else. So um, it is a skill. It takes skill. If you don't, you know, if it doesn't come naturally, you know, study it or you hire someone to help you. Mm -hmm. I hadn't really thought about it the way you put that with um, being a different set of skills depending on how you're communicating. I, I know that the length of the message and that is different depending on how you're doing it, but I really hadn't thought about it that way. So that was a, um, a great aha moment for me. So perfect. Thank you for sharing that. We need to take a real quick break. And when we come back, I'd love to have you share maybe a, a story or two about how 
putting together the right packaging of someone and then getting in front of the right media really can help have helped them grow their business or get a message out there and what kind of impact that has had. Great. So it sounds wonderful. That'd be great. So stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven-module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand, and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. If you missed the first half of our interview, you need to go back and listen to it. In our success interview today, we're talking with Diane Dennis, the founder and president of Inspired Media Communications. And we had a phenomenal conversation before the break. And the biggest aha for me was when Diane talked about needing different skills, whether you're doing it in writing, whether you're speaking, whether you're on TV, whether it's on radio. And I hadn't really thought of messaging that way. So for me, it was really an eye-opener. And I loved, too, Diane, when you shared about um, Oprah when she tried to model Barbara Walter, that that she really didn't become herself until she really was Oprah and not try to model someone else. And I think we're, a lot of us try to model someone else as we're learning something. Yes. What I'd love to do is um, have you share, let's take a little shift, and have you share maybe a success story, someone that you helped kind of hone their message, build some of those skills, and then how did they use media to get their message out and really expand their reach and maybe even transform their business? 
Oh, perfect. I've got the perfect one. Um, so this woman was um, is a psychologist, PhD in mm-hmm. psychology, and she'd written a couple of books, and her, her uh, topic was, um, and we haven't talked about this yet, this is another really important tool that I use that most people don't use, and they don't, and most people don't, I don't think anyone understands unless you do it, how powerful it can be. But um, so her, her topic was infidelity. <laughs> That's what she got her PhD in. And so she wanted to talk about that and share information about that. And, of course, her, her, um, what she really wanted to do was sell more books and build up her practice so that she had a full practice of mm-hmm. patients. So um, we were doing d- different, we were, you know, I was applying different strategies, um, getting her on television, uh, radio interviews, and um, she did really well because she'd been doing it for years, a lot of interviews. And, and then she said, but it's, I'm not filling up my practice. And so I said, okay, um, I have two ideas, or one idea, but it has two parts to it. And I said, let's start writing press releases. And, of course, like everyone else, you know, they think, well, press release, that's just an announcement. Actually, a press release is a powerful tool on many levels. First, first in order to write a press release, you should use a highly trafficked press release uh, distribution service that you pay an upload fee. Just write, just putting a press release out and putting it on your website is really not going to go anywhere. It's just static. Putting it out, um, paying an upload fee, and having it published by a, a PR um, distribu- distribution service mm-hmm. will then you get the analytics. Then it elevates your press release to a whole new level, and. Uh, when I use it, I use it as a branding tool. So I'm just, this is just the first nuts and bolts part of the press release. So as mm-hmm. a branding tool, um, it's written in third person. You can make anything an announcement, but what you're really trying to do is tell a story in press release form. So I realized that we had so, so much great material for this infidelity topic because you're reading in the news every day about a celebrity getting a divorce because they're husband or wife cheated, and our politician. So I thought, oh, this is great. So the second part, which is my secret sauce, is, is that I will pull in information that is already in the popular media and use those terms, those words, even the names, you know, just like so-and-so experienced last week. And... Um, so then the, uh, the next part of it is uh, folding that in because I can tell you the most amazing thing about al- algorithms and that sort of thing is, is, is um, not that sort of thing, but you know, the whole social media um, mm-hmm. setup is that you will um, find that when you uh, um, tap into something that popular media is already talking about, you have just blown open a new window of opportunity where you're going to get more eyeballs on it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that tying it into something that's going on because then people are already searching for that. They're already looking for it. And it just gives you more opportunities to be seen and heard. Yes. 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 And um, here's another tip. If you want to get into local news media, and you've got a topic, let's say you have a company that makes drones, mm-hmm. and then you read in the news or see on the news channels that, ever, that the FCC 
is um, changing rules for drones, how high they can fly, when they can fly, how they have to be approved. And then, and so you know your company is, is positioned to then do a pitch to the local media because the media wants to cover national news on a local level. So then they are likely going to interview you at that point in time because that's a national discussion, but you're a local expert. Interesting. You've given me a couple of great ideas on how you know, we can use what's available to us, but use it more effectively by knowing some of these things. I think what happens a lot of times is people use tools and resources, but they don't know how to leverage them. So what happens is they don't get the results. They try it once and they give up, where yes. working with someone like yourself, leveraging that knowledge can really have a big impact on the result. Yes. Very, very interesting. That's a, um, that's a great example. So it, what happened to her business? So she got great exposure. She used some of these resources. Did she get the results she wanted with filling her practice? Yes, it's a, it's a great ending to the story because what, the first thing we noticed is, is that so we, we were watching. First of all, I get analytics from my press release service. So I can say that, oh, 50 to a, it got 50 to 100,000 impressions. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, and then that, and that is exactly the average. And then uh, 2,000 people read it. Wow. And it's more people can read it. It's just that they can only track us to a certain wet level. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so then we started looking at her website uh, stati- analytics, noticing that. So I started doing this every 60 to 90 days, a new press release two things happened. It became the number one driving force to her website. And the second thing is because I had written in such of a way that, and probably because I'm a columnist, that columnists, the New York Magazine contacted us and wanted to write a story about the the, you know, kind of the story that I had written through the press release and to quote her as an expert. So um, then, and, and end result, her practice was full. And she could raise her rates. That's the beautiful thing about being an influencer is, is that mm-hmm. now you're in demand and you have credibility so that you have more opportunities to um, price according to what you really believe you, you know, should be charging anyway. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. I love that. Um, I love the results from, from doing that. And again, it, that's what happens when you're working with someone who understands what's important, because I think there's often a lot of things that we can do, but they don't always have the impact and give us the result that we want. So thank you for, for sharing that. I have, want to make one other little um, shift and ask you a question, because I know there's a lot of people out there that use video. We've seen a, the rise of video in use it for content, whether it's Facebook Live, whether it's doing some intro videos on your website, whether it's there's all sorts of video challenges out there, you know, 50 days, 100 days, different topics, different things. Some people are really good at video. Other people aren't and are uncomfortable. So how would you suggest people use video or what are some tips to really use it effectively? Good, good question. So consistency is key, and um, 
you want to, you know, what image, what, what, you know, flesh out your image. What do you stand for? What do you want people to know you for? Because, you know, video isn't just a casual thing. People are looking, people see nuances, right? Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of examples of people um, well-known in the media who wanted to be taken seriously as a journalist and then they also wanted to be a sexy kitten in a video shoot on a in a magazine and you and honestly you would think oh that's great that's a multifaceted person but honestly people they feel betrayed they want consistency they want to know who you are and what you stand for and mm-hmm. and they want that to be the primary um element that they're that that you're delivering to them. Does that make sense? It does. And that's I hadn't thought of it that way before, but I think people get a mixed message. They don't know what to expect or what's going to come next when they don't get that consistency. Yep. Yes. That is <laughs> fascinating. Yeah, it's kind of funny. But then, you know, and then you have to be comfortable because, again, video is like TV. Um, people are going to see the nuances. If you're not comfortable doing it, that's going to show. Um, and, and, and you know, the question is, why aren't you comfortable doing it? Maybe because you aren't prepared, again. Maybe mm-hmm. you've got some problem with lighting and you didn't really fix it. I'm talking kind of about the Facebook Live thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people say, well, I should do it, I should do it. So they grit their teeth and do it. And it doesn't always end up being the best uh, portrayal of the professional mm-hmm. that they're trying to, you know, impress people about. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's because you mentioned that in the first part of our interview too, the should versus the want to. So really understanding what you're trying to accomplish and why you want to do it. And then the, the part with practice and get clear on your message. Yeah. I learned when, when we did our first videos, I learned that it was really important to do some test pictures, see your background, look at what you're wearing. Everything tells a story and it's yes. part of the message. It's not just the words. That's really a very small part of it. Yes, yes. So consistency. I like mm-hmm. this. The, uh, what I one of my taglines is consistency and continuity. Mm. So Very you know there should be a, a you know a, an invisible ribbon running through <laughs> all of your uh, messaging, and it should all uh, tie in together. Because if people have to figure out how it all comes together, then there's a problem. They should just be able to, it should feel seamless. It should feel like it moves together. Um, And that um, is something that I think a lot of businesses absolutely need to work on. So let me ask you, uh, my last question is, how do you think social media has changed the PR business and the messages that people are putting out? Well, it's, I think all, anything having to do with um, online products or services, there's always a double-edged sword. But the good news for my business is, is that once these software programs were developed um, and other um, products and services having to do with social media, I could actually 
give people an ROI that made sense. I could give them analytics and statistics beforehand. It was just like the question, the question mark hanging in a bubble over everyone's head was, what, what am I going to get for my money? <laughs> right? mm-hmm. And then they say, well, I want to, you know, most people say, well, I want to be in media. I want to be on TV. I want to be in a newspaper article or I want to be in a magazine. And then after that happens, it's like, okay, what's next? Did I get anything from it? It's always ROI. So PR is all about, um, for the customer, it's about ROI. So now I make very, a very clear distinction when I'm interviewing a potential client because Mm -hmm. I want them to be an ideal client because I want them to be happy and I want to know that we can work together because I'm part of the team now. And to further their goals. So I very specifically ask, what are your goals, your immediate, future, long-range goals? And then I can tell you what PR strategies I can apply to assist you with that. Mm-hmm. So what do you do when they don't have clarity on what they, they just want to get more business, more exposure? How do you help them? Well, we have to, you know, really look at what, they want versus what they think they want, mm-hmm. um, and 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 you know every it, everything in business is a movable target. You know, one month or one year, you may need one thing, and then your business changes, and the next year you need something different. Mm-hmm. So so um, you know I so what I start out saying is this is a business. You're you're. You are a business, and if they're just a solopreneur, if they're just, I shouldn't say just, that's quite a a big leap to take to become a solopreneur. If you're a solopreneur, you're not just a person on an island alone. You you have to have a business plan. Mm -hmm. I want to see the business plan. I can help you make it. I can create one for you. I can have you go to an, an outside source to have a business plan. But you have to have a business plan with all the elements you know, the question is, how, how about marketing? How about sales? If I'm just providing the PR, then what's your whole entire marketing plan look like? PR is one, PR is one piece of a marketing plan, one element. And so, you know, the, the business owner, even, you know, and when you're an author, you're a business owner, basically. After it's published, you just invested a lot of time and money in writing that book. What's mm-hmm. the business plan around it? And then we go from there. It's the foundation. That's a great reminder, and thank you so much for, for sharing that. So how can our listeners learn more about you and connect with you? Well, if they'd like to connect with me, I'm all over Facebook <laughs> like everyone else in the world. But if they would like to go to my website and see, I have a lot of my press releases and press kits for authors there, and they can go to inspiredmc.com. Perfect. And we will put that on our Facebook page too so people will be able to see that and to connect with you. This has been a fascinating conversation and you've shared so many golden nuggets and so many tips. I know I'm going to go back and listen to our conversation again and I'm going to invite all of our listeners to go back and do the same thing. You shared so much. So thank you so much for your time today. Yes. Thank you for having me. I loved it, and you are a great interviewer. 
Oh, thank you so much. Lots of practice. <laughs> yeah, it shows. Thank so you. So good for you. Okay, thank, thank you. you, Janelle, so much. My pleasure. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're going to talk about scaling your business. I think scaling your business is so important and I think it's something that helps people go from just working one-on-one hourly to really leveraging their knowledge and I think it's something that almost every coach, speaker, and author can use. Don't you agree, Michael? Oh, absolutely. I agree. I mean, if you have a business where your time is required to provide the services um, to grow your business, you really, or to grow your income, really, you basically have two choices. You can either work more hours or you can charge more per hour. And in a lot of cases, either one of those is not a good solution. So you really have to scale the business. And by scaling the business, what we mean is serving a larger audience with your uh, your message, serve, getting more people more uh, getting an ability to serve more clients without having to work more and more hours. No, I think that's really um, something that a lot of people are talking about because they're saying they don't have any more hours to book one-on-one clients. They're already working really long days. And by scaling your business, you can really leverage your knowledge in a number of ways to get out and increase that reach. It's a win-win. You know, we talk to a lot of 
coaches, particularly, but also speakers and authors who say, well, I, I can't really scale my business because I work with one-on-one -on -one with clients and every client's unique and um, I have to be there to serve them and there's really nothing I can do except just work with them one-on-one. -on -one. And, you know, my response, not out loud, but my the response in my head is, um, that's just not true. I don't even know your business yet and I know that's not true. Um, there are lots of ways that you can scale a business, even if you do one-on-one -on -one coaching. Uh, even if you're a hands-on coach in particular, you can still scale it. So, you know, what you start to look at is even if you work one-on-one -on -one with each client and each client is unique, are there certain things that you can do or, or are there certain things that you do every single time with every client? And if you really examine the process you use, uh, I suspect that there are. And if there are, then why not automate those parts? Do it in a questionnaire, do it in a video, do it in an audio, do it in a book, do, you know, however you do that, but in some way that you don't have to spend the time doing it every time with each client. Absolutely, and I always go back to an example that someone shared with us a while ago when they challenged a practitioner who said they had to do it all one-on-one. -on -one. It was a chiropractor. And remember, he was able to do a lot of what he did by creating some videos, creating some trainings that were reproducible that didn't take his time. And to me, I always remember that example when somebody says, you can't do it, I have to do it one-on-one, -on -one. it's all unique. If someone like that can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, that's a great example. I remember that client and uh, he started out saying, hey, I'm a chiropractor. I obviously I I manipulate um, each person separately, differently. They really can't do it without me. I have to see each patient. But as we began to dig in more and more into what he actually did, it turned out that that was absolutely an important part of it. But a large part of what he did was talk to the clients about proper nutrition, talk to them about pop, uh, proper posture, talk to them about uh, bad habits like sitting in their office and hunching over the computer, uh, those kinds of things. Well, he found out that he could deal with each of those things either through a video or an audio that his clients could listen to. He didn't have to sit in the office and explain all that information to them. He could provide it to them. Um, just go download this audio, go download this video. Hey, go read my ebook on that. And then what he found was he spent a lot more time actually working with the patients, but seeing a lot more patients in the same amount of hours. So how can someone get started scaling their business? Well, um, you know, getting started, it, it, first what you have to do is decide that scaling is right for you. And for some people, it's just, it's not that they can't scale the business, it's just they don't want to. Um, and, you know, it just depends on what stage of life you're in, what you expect out of the business, how many hours you want to spend, those kinds of things. But, um, you know, once you decide that, um, then the next thing to look at is what are those things that you do the same with every single client? And before you say, I don't do anything the same with every single client, I would challenge you to really look at the process and really say, you know, what do I do? 
Um, something as simple as putting together this radio show. Uh, I used to in the in the early early days, and Janelle remembers this. I used to actually uh, have a one-on-one -on -one telephone call with each potential guest, talk to them about their business, talk to them about what if they'd done interviews before, really interview them in order to do the interview. Well, what I found was that over time, I moved some of that into um, specific emails. I moved some of that into attachments to the email. I moved some of that into other venues or other uh, media where I could just send that out and it basically did the same thing as I had been doing. I mean, it, it asked them all the pertinent information that they needed. I found out how many interviews they'd done. I got copies of previous interviews that I could listen to. Um, you know, I rather than spend a half an hour on the phone with them, I spend less than five minutes sending them a, a pre-done email that has all the necessary attachments and everything. So in that respect, we've scaled that business very quickly. And it's really important to remember that you can do it. You have to shift your mindset. You have to shift what you think is possible. But if you take a step back and look at what you're doing every day, you're gonna see that you're doing similar things over and over and over. And that's the perfect place to get started. So when someone's ready, they know they can scale, they've identified what they can scale, then what do they do? Well, I think that the, the other piece that we haven't really talked about yet, which is so important, is not just scaling your knowledge, which is what we have been talking about, but it's it's finding what activities you're either not very good at or you really don't want to do or you don't have the, or are not a very good use of your time. Um, so and finding other people to do those. And that's part of scaling as well so that you're spending your time on the highest and best use. So um, the first place that most people go is to a virtual assistant or a VA. Um, the we have a VA that takes care of our website, that um, does things with our database of, of clients, that basically takes care of all of that administration um, that we were doing before and does it for us. So we don't spend any time on that. now. Um, is it an expense? Absolutely. I mean, we, we spend, you know, very modest 35 to $40 an hour uh, on that VA. But if either Janelle or I can spend that same hour out talking to clients or networking or uh, doing billable work, we're making far more than that 25, that 25, 35, $45 an hour that you're paying to a VA. We are. And what she can do in 15 minutes would take you because i know i used to yeah. watch you do it would take you two hours so it's costing you hundreds of dollars to do what she can do for 30 to 40 dollars so it really does it's a good cost benefit trade-off and i think everyone needs to really look at that yeah absolutely i mean i know it's, it was hard for me to take but you know because i because <laughs> I, I think that you know of course i'm the best at everything i do but <laughs> Uh, it turns out that there are other folks that are actually better than you, better than me at doing whatever it is they do. That's their specialty. So, you know, you can look at a VA. The other place you can look is at accounting, um, you know, taking care of all your receipts and your, you know, all your business expenses, those kinds of things, doing profit and loss uh, statements for you. 
Um, those are a couple areas where you can outsource things very, very easily. And there's a lot of other areas as well. So and, at, oh, go ahead. No, and also, you know, what we do with Turn Knowledge to Profit, I know I watch you all the time creating activities and um, different projects that people can share and presentations. And for many people, creating that takes a lot of energy and it's just not their expertise. So again, what you can do in an hour might take someone a full day to do. So it's really important to understand what people can do to support you and also what the actual cost is. Because when someone gives you a price, you need to understand what's it going to take in your time to do it, which is often a lot more expensive. It is, but you know, just remember that um, we're in the outsourcing era, and I can guarantee you, for just about anything that you don't want to do, you can easily find someone else who just loves to do it, and that's their expertise, and they'll do it way faster and way cheaper than you. So that's really the idea of, of scaling your business: is first um, find a way to leverage your own process, your own time so that you can provide it to a lot more people without spending more hours and then look at those things that you can outsource and then outsource them. I, I agree and I'm gonna challenge everyone to go to our Facebook page at Turn Knowledge to Profit and under today's episode, share one or two things that you're doing that you see you might be able to use to scale your business? What are some of the things that you're doing over and over again that you can actually put into a system and leverage your time? Absolutely. We'd love to hear your stories. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas and also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for a future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.